Welcome, and thank you for listening today. This Caregiver Life podcast focuses on caregivers from all walks of life. Throughout the episode, we will hear from caregivers on the front line, those who do the day-to-day, sometimes hour-to-hour caregiving. We will also hear from care recipients, professionals in the field of caregiving, and other various topics of interest to those living this caregiver life. Jen. Hi, Mayor. How's it going? Oh my gosh, it's going pretty good. How are you? Good. We haven't um, we haven't podcast in a while. No, it's been about a month, but we've had a really crazy month, the two of us. We have, but do we ever not have a crazy month? That's <laughs> if you're listening and you're a caregiver, have you ever not had a crazy month? <laughs> I mean, they do. They just, uh, and sometimes it's just one thing on top of another. And it's, it's kind of like a something rolling downhill, man. You just can't get a hold of it and make it stop. <sighs> and then when it does, sometimes you don't know what to do with yourself. I think one thing that you and I do, whether we're rolling down the hill or we're at the bottom, (laughs) um, or maybe we're at the top looking down, anticipating the big roll. um, But one thing that you and I both do pretty regularly is write. We do write. I love to write. So tell me about, tell me about your writing. Cause I, I think let's talk about writing today on the podcast. It is something you could do at any time, pretty much. You can bring a notebook with you. You can bring your computer, however it is you like to write. And you don't have to have any rules about writing. Do you like to journal? Oh, yes. I love to journal. Now, I do have a flaw with my journaling. I tend to do it in the same notebook where I also put like my to-do list and questions that I'm writing out to ask on our next doctor's visit. But in a way, that's also good because a lot of times what I'm journaling is reflective of those activities. So I, I do, even if I just write a couple of sentences every day, it helps me. You know, um, when I was a kid, I had, had kind of some turbulent times. And I don't want to under, underscore it. I had turbulent times as a kid. And my grandmother spent a, um, a bunch of time with me. I stayed with her all the time. And she, one of the things that she taught me was to write something down in your journal every day, um, even if nobody reads it, because writing things down helps you make sense of it all. And it's so true. And I have some of my grandmother's journals. She kept a simple notebook journal um, going at all times. And I have a couple of them similar to what I do, although she would also write poetry and she would write songs. Maybe I'm not there yet. Um, Maybe I'm never going to to write those things, but uh, I, that's where I learned it from my grandmother. Well, that's precious. It's such a wonderful memory. Also, you know, she would doodle in the margins and I do that as well. And I think if anybody thinks you have to have a method or I need to, I need to, take a class on journaling for therapy or you really don't you really all you need to do is just to sit down and write well and I think you know if people are wondering how do you get started I agree just you could sit down and write although I will say a blank piece of paper can really look um Hmm. frightening (laughs) you know where do I start I often feel that way about a word document 
you know, if I'm going to be typing on my computer, it's this big, you know, blank canvas and where do I go with it? And so what I would encourage people to do if they're asking themselves, how do you get started is you could do a quick little search online for writing prompts. Mm. Um, and then that can get you started. You could read some, something inspirational that you like and um, react to it for yourself. Maybe mm. rewrite it in your own words. That's kind of a good prompt as well. You could choose to uh, leave out the I instead of I feel. You could use a you or you could even step back even further and make it a little bit more less personal in that way. Um, there's so many different ways to get started. One thing I think that we lose because we are so computerized today, we think, oh, we have to get sit down and write it on a computer. There's something about writing in a notebook by hand that just puts you in a place for writing that you can't get any other way. It's like it's cathartic. Like magic. Yeah, magic, cathartic. Mm -hmm. Also, if you're the kind of person like me that occasionally journals something in your handwritten notebook that you say, I want to sub, you know, I want to actually turn this into a polished piece. I want to take this and submit it to a a writing contest, or I want to share it in the Facebook group with other caregivers. Um, there's actually something cathartic about typing it, about transcribing it. Mm -hmm. I find adds to my creative process and inspires me to keep writing more things for other people to read, right? Because your journal is really just for you. Um, and when you feel the need to take it to the next step and share it with other people. Polishing it up can actually be therapeutic as well. So, and that's so interesting because I don't journal at all. I don't, I don't like journaling and I, I never have liked journaling. I've never, um, even as a kid, I started a, like a diary a few times um, and I just never, I was, I love to write and I try to write every day it's not something I'm good at, but when I write, I'm not usually writing to the moment. So I'm not, I'm not reflecting in my journal about, I'm not reflecting in my writing about my day or my particular situation. I personally, and it's so different for everybody, I personally need space between the things that are happening to me and then writing about it. So it could be a month or two months before I might reflect back and write some some piece on it that works for me. But I think we all come to writing so differently, you know? Oh, 100%. And I think we all write for different reasons. So we're writing a lot of reflections. And what I find cathartic these days is actually to write fiction or faction, um, which talked about before where I sort of mix some things that are real and and put a colorful spin on it um but I actually find that that kind of writing gives my mind a break from from the, the rolling downhill of caregiving um and the more of that I do I I feel more that I'm more creative I find my vocabulary expanding a little thinking about my sentences a little bit longer, pondering my thoughts a bit more. 
Well, and another, another good um, exercise for writing that I have found is reading. Reading, so sometimes when I have that downtime, sometimes the unexpected downtime, you think you're busy and all these things are happening and then for whatever reason, things are canceled and, and it's just, you have, you don't know how to fill that time. Um, I, t I find myself reading more. So the more you read, especially mm. good writing, the better the writer you'll be. You'll be able to flow more with your writing and expand your vocabulary, your sentence structure improves. And, and you don't even need all of that to, to write every day. So don't get hung up on what we're saying here. We're, we're, we're Jen and I are just sharing our, our personal feelings about writing right now. Yes, and you may remember when we had um, Melissa as a guest, <clears throat> Melissa Comau, and she wrote a book, Sleeping with the War, and she talked, she actually would write in the middle of the night when she had uh, insomnia, she couldn't sleep, and sometimes, it, basically, she writes poetry that way, you know, it's a one, one word a line, five words a line, it, it may not, you may write prose that's not even formatted in sentences and that's okay too. Um, sometimes I find myself with my journal, with my notebook, and I will write like an impression of something. We'll give you an example. We're at a doctor's appointment and I'm frustrated with the weight. So I'll write down frustrated, impatient, joyless, hopeless, annoyed. And then I look at that list and I realize I'm just waiting for the doctor. It's okay. And it helps me kind of get it out without mm -hmm. like actually expressing those emotions to the other people around me in the waiting room who don't need to be any more miserable than they already are, right? They don't need to absorb my misery, especially my poor care recipient. So sometimes I find writing that down gets it out of me a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's good too. I mean, I love that. I And again, I don't do that in a in a waiting room or anything, but I could see the value of doing that. I, I um, have I you ever typed it. an email and not sent it? <laughs> I've not done that either. <laughs> so I know people who get frustrated with something or they want to make a complaint or they want to just get it off their chest. And so they'll write an email and put it in their drafts hmm. and go back in a couple of days and reread it. And if they feel that, still feel that strongly, they'll send it. But I bet most of the time, if you try this, you won't end, actually end up sending that initial thought, the initial feeling that you wrote, um, because reflection offers us a, a lot of perspective. Mm, that's so true. Sometimes you really should hold yourself back from hitting that send button. Well, I have written in my blog where I've not published. Yeah, let's talk about blogs. Well, that's kind of the same thing. So you blogged yeah. about it, but then you didn't share it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or I've shared it and then I've unpublished it, mm. right? Because I was I was really set on it, and then I, and then I thought, well, I don't, I don't know. Do I even like that kind of writing that I just did? Is that really what I want to say? And I sometimes I find it difficult if I'm going to share something in my blog. I find it a challenge to be transparent in my emotions. So if I was going to write something about, um, you know, caregiving, I tend to want to sugarcoat it. And it's, so I don't write a lot about that because I don't think it's fair. I don't like my caregiving experience to be sugarcoated. 
I don't, I don't feel that way about it. I don't feel at all like it's the best job I never wanted to have. I, I never feel that way about it. I feel, and I don't feel negative in a bad way toward Tom, who I care for, but I feel, I don't have any good feelings about being a caregiver because it's taken, what's happened to us has taken so much away from us in our life that will, I'll never get back. And I can't then just flip it and say, well, but then I have so much gratitude for it. <laughs> well, I don't have gratitude for, for any of that. And it's okay. And that's, you know, that whole like toxic positivity, which I think that I can pour into my blog. And so then I unpublish because I don't think that's fair if you're reading it. It looks like I have it all together and I don't. And when I write the things that I don't publish, nobody would ever think that I had it all together. Yeah, I, because of the work that I do, I often have to have the gratitude attitude on the outside, mm -hmm. um, but I'm equally annoyed by it. And I often, I'll take down my post for the same reason, or I'll put up a post that's like more authentic afterwards. Hey, you may have seen me posting this great thing where my brother and I went to this golf outing and people were so nice and it was wonderful. But then like the next week he had to have an emergency surgery and like I had to put everything on hold. And, you know, I, I do often find myself like whiplashing from that mm -hmm. because my real life is, isn't that. No, it's hard. It really is hard. And like, it doesn't mean that you don't ever have periods of positive times, even in, in your day, but, you know, to feel as though I always have to balance them. I struggle with that on my blog. So I, I don't know if I'll change it. I don't know how I feel about my blog. So there's that. I have a lot of followers, like over 12,000 followers on my blog. And I don't even blog that much. And I don't even know why they follow me. Well, <laughs> they're actually, your content is evergreen. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes because I know our listeners want to go check it out and subscribe. Um, but when you write about the things that you do, it stretches across, you know, time and distance and reaches a lot of people. And that's why you have so many followers. I guess. I mean, I don't even publish that much. I'm, I'm thinking about publishing a, a piece that I've been working on, but we'll see. We'll see if I get to it. I, I would say this is a suggestion for people who are thinking, well, I don't really know. I'm not really, don't think I like either style of Jen and Mayer's uh, writing. You, you can also do things like, um, you could you could write something like an obituary about your emotions. Like, I used to be this person, but I'm not this person anymore. <laughs> this person is long gone and I don't think I'm ever gonna get them back but I'm gonna remember this person fondly. Like you can do things in all different kinds of ways. You can write, do your writing as an invitation, like, hey, welcome to my celebration or come to my celebration or come to my pity party because I'm having a pretty big one right now or, oh my gosh, there's so many different ways. You could do a shopping list. Where you I was gonna say that. Down. I have done a shopping list for things I want, my attitude, um, things I want other people around me to do or to feel. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one too. Like there's just such an endless list. That's that's kind of in the format of what they call the lyrical essay or uh, flash nonfiction, which is usually under 500 words or so, something like that. Um, and so 
those those are really cool ways of doing it. So like a birth announcement, shopping list. What are some of the other ones? A dear John letter. I'm gonna write that. Oh, that I mean, I want to write a dear John letter to some healthcare providers. I'm sure there are lots of caregivers who want to do yeah. that. <laughs> right. As some people who have rubbed you wrong in the whole, you know, as we know within the VA system and or just in the caregiver space, like, okay, goodbye, we're done. Or just like even um even in our personal space, like to people in our lives who don't get the caregiving lifestyle, right. don't understand the disabilities our loved ones have. Like I for sure I'm gonna write some dear John letters today to a couple of people. <laughs> I know that's a good way of getting it out and nobody ever has to see it or you could publish it. You can set up a blog pretty easily. I, I did it the very difficult way. I used uh, WordPress and I, um, I don't know if it's any easier now to set up a blog through WordPress, but certainly there must be some other ways to do it that would make it easier. But I also like a lot of, I also like a lot of photography on my, um, you know, I share a lot of photos on there Fo and photographs are a really great prompt. And I'm glad that you're talking about writing prompts so much because one of the, I've learned a lot about using writing prompts from participating in writing workshop. Now this kind of takes writing as a caregiver to another level because you have to sign up for something. You have to either go, I've, I've done in-person workshops. I've done online via Zoom and I've gotten really, really have had really good experiences from both. Uh, but one thing that I learned is that writing prompts help. In fact, one of the groups that I was a part of, they post one every week. Um, it's, some weeks I hit on it and I really, I want to, I want to write the response and other weeks they don't really find it that interesting, but you know, you can buy a book of these things. You can just Google writing prompts and you won't even believe how many things come up. Yeah. But if you don't know how to get started, whether you're typing on in word or you're writing in a notebook, like I do how easy can it be just to do a writing prompt? Do it once a week, do it once a month. Um, I think it's just the process of removing your mind from what you're doing every day as a caregiver and putting it into the words. That's the therapeutic part. Yeah, I know. So that's where I would go back to encouraging people to write by hand, just because that really does has a, that has such a great way of putting you right in, right where you need to be, where you can um, kind of shut other things out. It can be distracting to do it on a computer. So it's really, it's really nice if you can even have a few minutes to sit down and write a couple of things for yourself. And, I, and I'd encourage people to date it for themselves, put a deed on, on what you're writing so you can look back and maybe you combine some of them for later. Maybe you just keep it forever for yourself and, and that's it. But writing is such a great tool for anybody. I think especially so as a caregiver because we are juggling many different things in our lives. And I think it help it helps us therapeutically. <laughs> yes. And it helps us creatively. If you're a creative, it's a great thing. Um, a lot of people might be saying, I, I really want to buy a book. I really want to do something structured. I want to read what a professional has to say about this. Mayor and I are professionals in many things. I wouldn't say I, either one of us is a professional writer, um, but there's a great book I want to recommend to folks. And it's called, Bird by Bird, it has a, a subtitle, Some Instructions on Writing and Life. It was written by Anne Lamott in 1994, and I'm gonna put a link in the notes to the show, but um, it, it opened my heart to writing. 
more than I ever had before. And I've written my, you know, since I was like 10 years old, I've been writing, but it, it just really got the flow going for me to read um, what this professional writer had written. And, um, and she talks a lot about, what do you call writer's block? Yeah. So to speak. So I'm going to put a link to that. That's a, that's a resource that I found. I'm also going to put a link to your blog in the show notes so everybody can find it. Cause I love it. And I love the pictures. Oh, well, thank you. The pictures really are probably if I had to choose one thing in my life to, to hang my hat on as a creative person, it would be photography. It's where I get the most loss, uh, get the most lost, you know, in my mind. Um, and, and then I also like to write to photographs there. It's inspiring for me to do both. Hmm. Um, there, there are some really good uh, blogs out there. There are some caregivers that have good blogs. There are just, um, I have one, I'll send you a link to it. I think it's called Shauna the South. I'd love for our listeners to share some of their writing resources or blogs that they love um, in in the comments on our social media site. So little little shameless plug here for our Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram. However you want to connect on social, we're there. And we'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on those as well. And yeah. also, um, as we're kind of like in the middle of this, I want to thank everybody who's reached out to us. As Mary and I said, March has been crazy and I know they say April comes in like a lion and goes out like a lamb but for me it's been March um so for everyone that has sent us a message you've gone, gone on our website or, um, or sent us an email thank you and we they're still there and we're getting back to them as we're able we also um have a new way for authors to submit their book to us um, and you can find that on our website too Oh, cool. So I do. I appreciate all of our listeners as well. And um, we're not quite as prolific as we were and during the pandemic with our podcasting, but like everybody else, we were more stuck in then. And so it was a little bit easier to do more podcasting. And now that we've gotten busy again, it's, it's more of a challenge, but you know, we'll try and keep it up at least once a month, if not longer. And I would love for some of our listeners to send us some of their writing. Oh yeah, and if you if you if you allow us to read a an excerpt on air, we'd love to do that as well. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to sharing some book reviews coming up, and also just talking about what life as a caregiver looks like post vaccination. Uh, we've talked a lot about that. Um, your hosts now have been vaccinated, thanks to some blessings and timeliness, um, and it's starting to feel a little bit. I don't know if better is the right word, mm. a little bit different, like a change is coming. So a little freer, freer. I like that. Yeah. A little freer. And so you've written some books. What have, what have you written? Well, we'll end oh. our podcast with what we've written. What have you written? Um, so I've written a couple of crazy books. I wrote a, um, I wrote a nonfiction book about the year my brother was in Iraq, co-wrote it with my friend, Patty Donahue, whose son was the medic in my brother's unit. It's called Friends for Life, Strangers Brought Together by the War in Iraq. And oddly enough, it doesn't really talk about caregiving. 
I wanted, I didn't want to do that at the time I, I was, when we published in 2009, I wasn't in a point where I was talking about caregiving. I certainly wasn't, I could barely even tell people that my brother was wounded without bursting into tears. The book helped me get past that point in my life. Um, so it's really just about the deployment and what happened and, and how the families at home dealt with that because it was a lot. And unless you've had a loved one deployed during war, it's, I don't know how you would relate, um, but reading a book could certainly help you understand mm-hmm. the family's experiences. So it's just a little window, a little window into the war. And then um, I wrote a book called Amateur Apothecary, which is my recipes for just making things at home that you might want, like um, furniture polish or face cream. Uh, I have loved making my own products at home. Um, I, you know, grew up on a farm and gardening and used a lot of my own, um, you know, a lot of my own herbs in my recipes. So they're in there, amateur apothecary. And then my grandmother and I kind of co-wrote a book of Christian poetry, although um, it's published in her name. I just did the editing and it's called, um, treasured reassurance and um it's their their uh, christian focused poems so um i might publish one on our social media i might share one she has several for each holiday and there's several in there for easter which is coming up as we record this so wow i hope you do you should share it how about you mayor tell me about books you've written well i have one about our experience as a family with the war um although um it's not it's a very interesting it's very interesting now this many years later right i was so i wrote about my son's and he was in the invasion in 2003 with third infantry division called letters home is the name of the book and um we i shared his letters and i wrote what we were doing during that time period of he was writing the letters. so it was his letters and our experience it was from the home front and it was on the front line kind of book and he at the time i didn't know that he was injured but he has invisible wounds from war as we um, have sometimes talked about especially i guess last march we talked more about it with uh, traumatic brain injury month in march um, and so he has um, ptsd um, he had some terrible experiences during the invasion though he did stay in the army like he's he's getting ready to retire soon. Um, so it's interesting when you write a memoir because so many years later, things can change very much like what you were saying about your book. You didn't talk about the caregiving perspective and yet that is so much of what has dominated since then, right? So so anyway, so there's letters home out there. And then I wrote a book, Pause at Work, which is a book about uh, Tom, my husband, Tom and his service dog, Maddie. And Pause, P-A-W-S. Pause, pause at work. <laughs> um, and, she, you know, their relationship and it has photographs in there. And that's faction because we have, you know, we have the facts of how that, you know, transpired in the training and what the relationship is. And, and then I also wrote in Maddie's voice. So there's a mix in there. And then my most recent one is um, a guide for uh, veterans, VA guide for veterans with uh, ALS. Um, and so it's called thinking through the benefits for 
uh, thinking through the benefits for VA care and benefits, something like that. I don't know. I don't even know the name of my own books. Well, I'm going to put a, I, I'm going to put a link in the show notes so everybody has can find it. Um, well, that one does very well, surprisingly. I mean, it's not very expensive. It's really, um, it wasn't meant to be fancy. There aren't any photos in there. There's some narrative in there. It's really just to help our veterans and their caregivers who are experiencing ALS and service connected for it to kind of cut to the chase, to get to what they need to know. So they're not spending a lot of time on it. It's just transitioning my information, my experience with um, someone who helped me write it, Larry Gary, who's been on the show and our podcast and her husband has ALS. And we, we channel our experiences through there to give it a good feel to it. So people will find it relatable and say, oh, well that happened to them and this is what they did. And, or, oh gosh, I'm so glad that didn't happen to me. And, um, but it's happening in another area. So, so that's why I wrote that one. And I'm actually currently writing another one right now called The Invisible Me. And I am writing about the caregiver journey and it is a challenge. Hmm. It's hard to write about it when you're in it. It is, yeah. And it's hard to remember so long ago. I've been a caregiver for going on 28 years this year. So it's a, it's a lot to remember. I'm trying to really deal with it in terms of the emotions of the book. Yeah, because you're, you're dealing with the emotions right now and you're writing about it and dealing with those emotions. So it's a real emotion sandwich. It is. So I write and then I put it down. So a lot of times that I've, I'm teaching myself new, um, which is a, the thing about writing is, you know, it doesn't have to stay the same. Whatever your routine seemed to have been at some other point in your life might not be the routine you have now. So I would say as a caregiver, one of the best things you can do is to be fluid in your approach to whatever it is you want to do. And that's not always easy to do, to be fluid. You can find that I can get really resentful about that. I'm also writing a fourth book and it's called Malappropriate and it is total, it's faction. So it's sort of loosely based on my, some of my childhood experiences and I actually started it just about a year ago with online workshop through the Writers Guild um, Foundation and really got a lot of emotions coming up while I was writing that, like you were just talking about. And it was, they were, um, so this is kind of a warning to anybody that's writing about something that took place a long time ago is be prepared to take care of yourself during this process. So if you want to tackle that, it's wonderful and it's helped me in so many ways. But also I had like some nightmares and um, I, I had a lot of stress that came out of it too. So just remember that you, when you're writing, um, don't, don't ever feel pressure from to, to get, write a novel, ever feel pressure to go past what you feel comfortable with. That makes mm -hmm. sense. Well, particularly when you're writing about these subject matters, because it is trauma. So a lot of people don't see caregiving as being trauma they see our care recipients who have trauma. And so, but we have trauma too because it's really affected our lives so much. It and it just depends if you, you know, I just saw one of the little films that one of the fellows uh, posted, Teresa Rose posted on her Facebook page. They, um, they did a little pre and post injury mm. film, a little short film, maybe we can, Maybe I wonder if that link is available. I think, I think it might be, I think it's on YouTube. It's an interesting one to watch, not identifiable to me because I don't have a pre and post injury 
kind of feel to it. It's different yeah. in the war, you know. I mean, we all do as caregivers because you have pre, pre before somebody got sick, pre before somebody got diagnosed. But it's different than than like a, when somebody gets injured, like in war. It's it's a more it's almost more stark in that way because there's that moment and there's that explosion or that car accident. You know, disease feels differently because it just transitions usually a little more slowly than that dramatic experience. Nevertheless, we have our trauma from it as a caregiver. And we don't really talk much about that. We talk more about it from the care recipient's perspective. Yeah, and when we do talk about it, sometimes we'll refer to it as secondary post-traumatic stress. Well, there isn't anything secondary about your feelings. That's right. It's come first to you and they always should. Um, and I think that you can explore a lot of that in writing, in journaling, or however you choose to give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, always remembering, you never have to share any of your writing. It is, a, it's another outlet. Now, some people will paint, some people will do a lot of drawing, and that's, you know, how they, how they, you know, kind of move through their emotions of, of caregiving and move through their life of caregiving. So whatever, I would encourage people to do something as a caregiver. You know, we were so overused the term self-care. So I wouldn't even put it in that category of self-care. I would call it um, a way to regulate ourselves, self-regulation. So how can we regulate our emotions of the day? Do we need, we need a time out? We need to sit down, maybe write. Writing's so easy because it's so cheap. You know, you can just sit down and you don't it's need free. Camera. <laughs> you don't need any paints. You don't need any brushes. You don't need any lessons. If you can read, you can write. So I just would encourage people to do that. And and we'll we'll keep everybody posted on where we are with our books. I've I've also um, enrolled in um, a Duke documentary studies program. And so I'm kind of excited about that. I'm thinking I'm going to focus on um, digital storytelling. Love it. So I'll, I'll keep oh, I'm such that. a fan of storytelling because I do think uh, just like when we write things down, it helps us. I think that when we share our story, not only does it help us, but it helps other people. And I think most people do want to share their story at some point. And a lot of people struggle with learning how to do that or getting started doing that. So I'm excited about your project, Mir. Yeah, it'll be pretty cool. And I'm sure you're excited to get back out on the road again at some point to because you're storytelling when you're out on the road. Yeah, and you know, if any of our listeners want to book me for a speaking engagement, whether it's at your Rotary Club, your Garden Club, your church, your youth group, Boy Scouts, a corporate uh, outing, national conference, I a school, I speak anywhere and everywhere and it's free. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm traveling. I'm vaccinated. I'm still super safe. And I would love to come and meet you. And how, how would they be able to get in touch with you? Oh, so, well, they can, you know, communicate with us on social media. Of course I have all my social media. Um, and or they, you can just shoot me an email too. And my okay. email is jennifermackanday at gmail.com. And then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send you a link where you put in your request. It's super official. Okay. We'll share that in the notes too. Jennifer always writes our notes. That's one of her writing, um, her her writing prompts. <laughs> <laughs> it really <Her> is. <laughs> so yeah, put that in the notes so people could get in touch with you because. Um, and you, I doodled on the notes today. I, okay. I 
threw a little a little emoji with the rolling eyes uh, when I wrote about gratitude attitude because it annoys me sometimes. <laughs> I know. Well, I listen. I did listen to a Brene Brown podcast this morning when I was working out, um, and essentially it was about toxic positivity. And I was pretty fired up by the time I was done. I was like, yeah, I can't stand when people do that to me. You know, like I said, you know, one time I wrote a post and I think it's still on my blog, um, big disease, little shoulders. And then I shared it in my Facebook page and everybody felt compelled to try to lift me up about all that. And I was like, what the hell, man, I'm saying this is a big disease. And it is, a if it wasn't so big to handle, then why do we have like every specialty involved in the care of somebody who has ALS. I mean, come yeah, on. and sometimes you just want to get that out and you don't want a bunch of people saying, keep your chin up one day at a time. You've got this. I know all that stuff. Yeah. And it doesn't do anything. I just, I just, I felt like people would identify with what I wrote. That's why I wrote it. That's why I, I don't publish it because I want you to make me feel better. I publish it because I hope you listen to that. And if you're feeling that, you think, I'm so glad that's not just me who feels that way. Yeah. And if you've made a comment to be encouraging, I mean, we're not saying don't do that. Just kind of <laughs> recognize sometimes, like sometimes people just want to get things out. Yeah. And that's okay. So, so we encourage people to write and send us a note, write us a note, <laughs> share your writing and, uh, and let us know what you want to talk about next time. Maybe we can cover that. It can be anonymous too. If you don't want us to share your name, we're happy to read your excerpt and uh, share it with our audience under the radar. All right. So Jen, until next time. Till next time, Mayor. Hey dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can. But it's just as important to take time for yourself. AARP can help. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.